The Tennessee Titans can upset the Dolphins on Monday Night Football, but they'll need a miracle in Miami to do it. We'll talk about that more on today's edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked on Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, Titans fans. Today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use that code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. We're going to talk about what the Titans need to do to get an upset win over the Dolphins. We're also going to look at some players to watch on offense and on defense. Before we get into today's show, I do want to thank you guys for making the Locked on Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, Monday through Friday, Tennessee Titans content all year long on all apps, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm going to be going live immediately after the game finishes on Monday night. Might be Tuesday morning by then, but I will be going live to break down all the action. Make sure that you guys tune in, and if you can't tune in, you'll be getting it on Tuesday morning. So make sure that you stick with me here. But with that being said, the Tennessee Titans go to South Beach. God, I love Miami. Been there a few times. I love Miami, baby. But the Titans go down to South Beach, and they may not love it quite as much because they're taking on a Dolphins team. That's 9-3, and three, one of the best teams in the NFL, one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL by far, one of the smartest defensive coaches in NFL history, and Vic Fangio is the defensive coordinator. I mean, the Titans have a coaching disadvantage, they have a roster disadvantage, they have a home field disadvantage, they have a primetime disadvantage, they have a weather disadvantage, like everything possible is going against the Titans here. And not only that, you want to factor in the injuries. Ryan Stonehouse out for the season. The Titans' best football player on the entire team, Jeffrey Simmons, not going to play in this game. I mean, we can all hate on Christian Fulton all we want, but he's better than Trey Avery, and he's not going to be able to play in this game either. So you lose your top corner, even if he's bad, your top pass rusher and defensive lineman. It's tough. It's tough. Let alone the disadvantages I already talked about. So... If the Titans want to pull the upset, they're going to have to go to a tried-and-true formula that has been used throughout the annals of history when underdogs of any kind in any competition need to beat a resounding favorite, especially in football. Let's talk about that. Number one, the Titans have to create turnovers. This game has to be nuts. Like, there has to be some muff punts. There has to be some crazy penalties. There has to be some wild bounces of the oblong-shaped football. Like, there has to be some craziness that happens in this game for the Titans to stand a chance. But the number one thing is turnovers have to be a part of that craziness. If the Titans don't force at least two turnovers in this game, they are going to lose by double digits. Realistically speaking, if you want the Titans to win this game, you're going to need three turnovers, and two of them are going to have to be in Dolphins territory when the Titans get the ball back. Like, you're going to have to give the offense the ball within the 40-yard line, 
or closer to the end zone. So three turnovers to win, at minimum two turnovers to set up easy scores for the Titans offense. Period. Period. It's a non-negotiable. They can't win unless they do that. Now, the other side of that is, when you do have the ball, time of possession. I mean, this is classic. I'm not. You guys could have told me this if we're honest, but it's so obvious with the mismatch of these teams that the Titans have to control the football. The explosive offense of the Miami Dolphins cannot be out on the field. They can't score if they aren't out on the field. So if you're going to control time of possession, what does that mean that you have to do? Run the football. All right, and Derrick Henry being back in this game is huge. Crazy what happened there. If he didn't have a concussion, why did you make him sit out the rest of the game? Why didn't he come back into the game? Maybe the Titans just wanted to get a look at Tajay Spears as the lead back. Mm, You know, I won't say anything there. We'll talk about Tajay more when I talk about individual players, but overall, it's obvious here. The Titans have to run the football. They have to control the clock. And, I mean, it's going to be tough to do. The Dolphins are a top 10 rushing defense. They only give up 96.6 yards per game. So, it's a tough task, but they have some injuries up front as well. They've dealt with some issues, and maybe the Titans will be able to get the ground game going. But the Titans have to control the clock and win time of possession by a lot, honestly. 60 minutes in a game, some minutes where special team stuff is happening, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, I think the Titans have to have 38 to 40 time of possession here. 35 to 40, somewhere in there. Literally beat out the Dolphins by 20 minutes or so in time of possession. That's the only way. That's the only way. And then finally, the last, so we had turnovers, we had time of possession, and now we have red zone. The Dolphins are going to go down the field when they have the ball. The Titans' defense is not going to stop them. So when you get to the red area, when you get to the red zone, remember, 20 yards and into the end zone, the red zone. When you get to the red zone, the Titans have to force field goals. If the Titans can win in the red zone on offense and they can get three touchdowns, and then on the flip side, the Dolphins get one touchdown and three field goals, that's how you set yourself up to win this game. Now, Miami isn't always going to be in the red zone. Miami might hit some deep shots to Tyreek Hill. They might score from outside the red zone. Absolutely a possibility, and the Titans need to try to do that as well. The strike zone as I call it, which is 40 yards and in. That's what I call it, the strike zone. That's where the Titans need to make, excuse me, make some plays as well. But when the red zone opportunities come, the Titans, who have been terrible in the red zone all year, have to succeed. And when the Titans get Miami into the red zone on defense, the Titans have to hold. It's red zone. It's time of possession. It's turnovers. If the Titans win all three of those, turnovers, time of possession, red zone, they might just pull an upset. They can pull an upset. They will pull an upset. But with that being said, didn't do predictions on crossover Thursday. Not everybody likes to do predictions. I don't mind, but some hosts don't like to do it. So I'll give you my prediction here. I have the Titans losing, which is... What's best for them right now anyways? 27 to 10. 
I just don't see how the Titans compete in this game. Maybe the Titans get another touchdown on the board, and it's like 27-17 or something. It may look closer than it really is. But at the end of the day, this is a better coaching staff, a better roster with much better players at the important positions. It's just going to be hard for the Titans to survive in any way, especially when they're missing their best player. Like, if Jeffrey Simmons totally dominated the interior offensive line of the Dolphins, Robert Hunt at guard is going to be out in this game. So, Connor Williams, Robert Jones, uh, Liam Eckenberg. If if Jeffrey Simmons got the opportunity to do that, maybe that sways the game. But I just can't see it happening. So, I have the Titans losing in this one 27-10. Let me know down below what your predictions for this game are. Excited to see what you guys have to say. If you have more faith than I do, whatever. But we're going to move forward. I'm going to look at individual players because to me, this game, more than win or loss, is about what certain players do. So I'm going to talk about those players on offense here in just a second. Before I do, though, I do want to tell you guys about DoorDash. All right, listen. I got my lunch in this DoorDash bag right now. And I'm telling you that as soon as I get done with this show, I'm diving in. I'm so hungry. I can't wait. And DoorDash always delivers. So think about it. Did the game go to timeout? Did you order in your DoorDash yet? Is it halftime? Did you order the DoorDash now? Is it a two-minute warning? Have you finally got your DoorDash order in? It doesn't matter. Whenever the game clock stops, it is time to order with DoorDash. DoorDash is always delivered for you figuratively and literally. Whether it be food, whether it be groceries, whether it be retail, you can get everything you need. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on all your favorite appetizers. Order all your tailgate supplies. It doesn't matter. DoorDash has you covered. And then all you got to do is get ready to watch your team win. And hey, for the Titans, winning doesn't necessarily mean winning. But right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. All you have to do is download the DoorDash app, enter the code LOCKED23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-23. Subject to change. Terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change. Terms apply. Titans fans, let's continue today's game plan preview edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Not used to doing this on a Monday, but hey, Monday night football, baby, we're ready to go. Before I get into what I want to see from individual players on offense, do want to let you know, though, that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today, and it's here for you with 24-7 coverage covering the top sports stories of the day, local experts from Locked On, like me. You get national shows, like Locked On NFL, which I do on Thursdays as well. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So we went over the Titans' overall plan for victory, all right? And I'm doing things a little differently today because the reality is I don't think the Titans stand a snowball's chance in hell in this game. I think they're getting smoked. All right, so I'm not going to spend 30 minutes diving into scheme and alignment and 
play type, and the Titans are totally outmatched. So philosophically speaking, we went over big picture stuff. Turnover battle, time of possession, red zone battle. If the Titans win all three of those, they stay in a chance. But for me, this game is not about winning. It'd be better if the Titans lost. This game is not about competing with the Dolphins when the Titans are totally outmatched from coaching and talent. What this game is about is the Titans' young players stepping up. I want to see some good moments from the Titans' young players. Okay? On offense. And let me know who you're looking for the most on Titans' offense. But for me, obviously, we start with Will Levis. I mean... Levis, in my opinion, has shown enough in these five, six games. He's the guy to build around going forward, period. But here's the other thing that I'm talking about with this game. Titans are going to be down, which means Levis is going to throw the ball a lot, okay? He's going to have a lot of throws. I bet he probably throws the ball 40 times in this game. We're going to get a good opportunity to see him make decisions, to see him make throws, and I just want to see Levis be accurate. Look, the Titans have dropped 13, 14 balls in the past three weeks, They or four weeks or so. Tampa Bay, we saw six. Last week, we saw six. Couple in between and the games in between. Like, we know the offensive line is bad. So, the opportunities that Will Levis gets to deliver throws and has time to make plays, I want to see him do well. All right? There are certain opportunities where it's been Levis who made the mistake. Even acknowledging the drops, the offensive line, all of that, Levis has made some mistakes. So with the opportunity to throw the ball 40 times, with an understanding that you're probably not going to win the game, this is a practice for Will Levis. I want to see him chucking it. I want to see him trying to make throws. I want to see him completing balls over the middle with his accuracy. I want to see him taking chances down the field. And if turnovers happen, and if craziness happens because he's under a massive amounts of pressure and guys are dropping footballs and all that, then so be it. But Levis is going to have the chance to throw the ball a lot in this game. So I want to see something. And same thing, Tajay Spears. Spears showed us last week as the number one running back for the Titans that he can get the job done. I think in this game, again, the Titans are going to be down. And you know who can't play when you're down big? Derrick Henry, because he cannot operate out of the backfield. He cannot operate as a third-down pass catcher. He's just not that guy. He's a limited one-trick pony. Now, it's a great trick. It is a great trick that Derrick Henry has. Amazing trick. Best trick in the NFL at running back when when he's his best. But we know the limitations with Derrick Henry. And with that, in the game flow expectation, should see a lot of Tajay Spears here. A lot of Tajay Spears. And I want to continue to see Spears be a lead back. I don't think that Tajay Spears is going to be a lead back in the sense that Derrick Henry is a lead back. I talked about this last week, my everydayers know, when we talked about who should be back for the Titans. Tajay Spears isn't going to be a 20 carries a game bell cow running back like Derrick Henry. But he can be the lead running back in a running back by committee. And I just want to continue to see that. But for Spears specifically, I want to see Spears do more out of the backfield catching the ball. I I have been impressed with what he's been able to do in certain areas, but I want to see even more. 
I want to see even more because even coming out of college, people knew that Spears had the skill set to be good out of the backfield, but it wasn't something that he had done a ton. It wasn't like he was Jameer Gibbs, Alvin Kamara, something like that. You know what I mean? So I want to see more from Spears catching the ball out of the backfield, making plays. And I think with being down big, you're going to be able to get in the screen game. The Titans should be looking to hit some quick hitters out to Spears in the flat. Like they need to do those things. So I want to see more Spears catching the ball out of the backfield. Peter Skaronsky. Uh, this is going to be a tough matchup. Uh, Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, those are good players. Uh, David Long Jr., as Titans fans know, will be coming downhill. This is going to be an interesting game for Peter Skaronsky. He's been playing very, very good football for the last month. I want to continue to see that. Again, looking at players who can help next year. want to see Levis have a good day. want to see Spears do a little bit more out of the backfield. Want to see how Peter Skaronsky deals with some of the speed compared to some of the power that he's been dealing with. Let's see how that goes. All right, young players and how they improve, which is what matters most. And then finally, I want to mention Chigakonkwo and Traylon Burks. Second-year players who have been disappointment. Burks played 10 snaps last week, and they had one package for him where he came in motion across the field and then went up the sideline every time. Traylon Burks doesn't know plays. Traylon Burks can't learn the playbook. Traylon Burks doesn't understand his alignments. He has a hard time understanding coverages. He just is not an intelligent wide receiver. He's not. We have enough evidence of that. They don't feel comfortable giving him anything more than a peewee package of plays in his first week back because he wasn't in meetings. If you think DeAndre Hopkins wasn't in meetings for three weeks and then came back, do you think that DeAndre Hopkins would only be able to run one package of plays? Now, look, Hopkins is a 10-year vet. He's been in the NFL a long time, so I get that. But we just don't see it from Burks up here. It's just not there, you know? He's a goofy dude. Some of his interviews, he's talking about farts and stuff. Like, he just doesn't seem like a mature, intelligent person. I'm not saying he's a complete dummy, but we're talking about learning football. And I just don't see it from Burks. So, I want to see, can you be back in the playbook? Can you run more than 10 plays and one package and one motion route? Can you do, I mean, you're in your second year. He just talked all all season about how he, from February on, he was in the facility, he was in the building, learning the new offense. And then you come back after three weeks and you can only run 10 plays because that's all they could give to you. Just talent, not showing. Mentally, not showing. Is he going to improve this game? Are we going to see a big play from Burks? Is he going to play more than 10 snaps? Is he going to have more than one package of plays? Let's see it, you know? Can, can we do anything? Again, Levis is going to have a chance to throw the ball a ton. Throw it a ton to Burks. Let Burks play 50 freaking snaps out there and see if he can do anything. Because the Titans need to know. And then finally, just want to mention Chig. I think the linebackers for the Dolphins, David Long, uh, Duke Riley, right? Duke Riley, uh, maybe Channon uh, Tindall, if he gets in there. The linebackers are susceptible over the middle of the play-action pass. So I want to see Chickaconquo eating up over the middle. Okay? Brooks, too. Let's see something. But with that being said, let's move forward, talk about the defensive side of the ball. Because there are players who may not be young, but I still expect to uh, to see some good games from them out there against this Dolphins' incredible offense. It's going to be fun to watch. Let's talk about that in a second. 
Before we do, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. This is how easy it is. You go on Prize Picks. They have a projection for every player. Tyreek Hill, a thousand receiving yards in this game. Uh, Derrick Henry, sixty rushing yards. Will Levis, one interception. All you do is you pick two to six players and say whether they're going to do more or less than what Prize Picks has projected. Literally, more or less. Two to six players. That easy. You could put a lineup together in like. 60 seconds or less, and you don't have to go against a 1,000 lineups from a different bot or a 1,000 lineups from a sharp like you do other places. It's just you against the price picks projections, and if you hit, you can get up to 25 times your money, plus Prize picks has this really cool thing where you can combine multiple sports. Shout out to the Los Angeles Lakers, the first ever winners of the NBA in-season tournament. If you want, you could combine Derrick Henry rushing yards with LeBron James three-pointers. Price Picks is great. You're going to love it. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price Picks, it's daily fantasy sports made easy. Titans fans, let's cap off today's edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We talked about big picture, philosophical things the Titans have to do to make this an upset. I said I think the Dolphins win 27-10. to 10. Talked about some individuals on offense that I want to see have good moments here. Levis, Spears, Burks, Skaronsky, Chickaconquo. Let me know your names on offense, your prediction for this game down below. Now I'm going to get into defense before I do. Thank you for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, it's your team every day here on the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm going to be going live immediately after the game is over on Monday night to break down everything that happened. Make sure that you tune into the Locked On Titans YouTube channel to see that live. Of course, it's a little late, which it will be late. You can catch it on Tuesday morning. Just make sure you tune in so we can talk about what happened in that game. But diving into the defensive side of the ball. I want to see Harold Landry. Harold Landry has gotten a lot better over the last month. We were crushing him early on, but I feel like any time that I criticized Harold Landry, it was with the caveat of, he's coming back from an ACL. It takes some time. I feel like every time we've talked, yes, Landry is struggling, but, you know, let's give it some time. And now that patience has paid off. Landry has, I believe, led the Titans in pressures at least a couple of times over the last few games. He's played a lot better. He's been a lot more active. That game against the Ravens, it wasn't pretty, but he made some plays against Lamar Jackson, and I was like, oh, that looks like Harold. That looks like the guy that I pounded the table for all offseason long before he got his big contract, that I explained schematically his importance to the defense over and over to people who don't watch film. And it's good, and it warms my heart, to see Harold Landry getting back to form here, okay? And he has. And the matchups, right tackle Austin Jackson has had a good year for the Dolphins. He just got a contract extension this week. 
uh, $13 million a year. That's low-level starting offensive lineman money. Like, if you're a bad starter, but you're still a starter, about $13 million a year for an offensive tackle. That's And the Titans gave Andre Dillard a little less, like $10 million, and that shows you a, a low-level starter gets $13 million. A low-level potential starter can get 10 All right, do you see how that works with the with the value and the money? And what, okay, so anyways, the point is here that Harold Landry should win against Austin Jackson. Now, not every time, but we should see, this is a, a good matchup for Harold Landry where I want to see him win. I want to see him dip that shoulder. I want to see that bend on the edge. Austin Jackson is a tall guy. I want to see him get low and get to the quarterback, okay? That's what I want to see. And Landry's going to have the opportunity to get to the football if he does that because Tua's left-handed. So he's going to be, Landry is usually rushing the front side of the rusher, but here he's going to be backside because Tua's left-handed. And you're going to have the opportunity to hit the ball from behind. All right? I want to see Landry make a play in this game. We talk about the turnovers that the Titans need to win this game. I want to see Harold Landry deliver one of them. All right? Next, Amani Hooker. Because the Dolphins are going to be going deep. We know that. Hooker has been good, in my opinion. Too much hate for everybody. Not every player on this team has played terrible. All right? There have been guys who have not played well, but Amani Hooker is not one of them. Amani Hooker has played well this year. Amani Hooker is worth the money. He's making like $10 million a year. Amani Hooker's been good. All right, he's a good safety. He's a good starting safety in the NFL. I would say he's slightly above average starter in the NFL. So I want to see Amani Hooker make some plays because all these other guys may be bums, but Hooker isn't. All right, so I want to see some plays. And then same Roger McCreary. Somebody on Twitter the other day, and I got I to gotta quit caring so much about what people say, but I like to engage with you guys. I like to go back and forth. I like to talk with everybody, and it, it's either all or none. Like, I have to completely shut it off, or I have to engage with everyone. So, I, I'm cursed here. But, someone said, Roger McCreary sucks. What are you talking about? Yeah, he struggled when they made him play outside corner, but he shut down Adam Thielen. He's been incredible all year long in the slot. If you play Roger McCreary in the slot, he has been the Titans' best defensive back and best cornerback by far. So, in this game, I'm curious if the Dolphins say, well, why would we put them on Roger McCreary when they can go after Sean Murphy Bunting, who is a terrible matchup for small, fast, wide receivers? We're going to put Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle outside because Trey Avery and Sean Murphy Bunting can't cover them. Roger McCreary is the only guy with a chance. So... I'm curious to see how they deal with McCreary, how they attack McCreary, and if they do keep Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on the outside and don't put them into the slot whatsoever to go against McCreary, that tells you all you need to know. All right, so I want to see Landry, Hooker, and McCreary. And then finally, Titans added a new punter. His name is Ty Zentner. I think he punted four games for the Texans earlier this year. Ryan Stonehouse led the NFL with 53 yards per punt. This Zentner dude averages 42 yards per punt. And, like, he's in the 30s on his net. Dude's not good. It's not good. And I'll tell you, going from having the best punter in the league to the worst punter in the league, and then going into this environment, Miami, 
the odds stacked against you. So how will this punter do? Can he hold the special teams operation in general? Again, the Titans need all of that stuff to go their way. Like, they need some big punts. They need some big field goals. They need to block a punt. They need to return a kick. They need to make the Dolphins fumble on a return or something like like That stuff has to happen. That's the craziness in the turnover battle that has to go the Titans' way if they want to get an upset here. And a lot of that has to do with special teams. And with the state of the Titans' special teams, just doesn't give me a lot of confidence. So again, 27 to 10. I think the Dolphins win this game, but the Titans should throw the kitchen sink. We should see trick plays. We should see blitzing. We should see trick plays on special teams, onside kick, fake punt, all that stuff. All of it. It's the only way the Titans have a chance is to hit on all those little things. Win on all the margins. That's how you get an upset, and that's how you get a miracle in Miami. Because the last time was a massacre in Miami of my my folks out there remember 2018, game one of the year. That was the worst Titans game ever, man. Ever. So hopefully the Titans can balance out that massacre in Miami with a miracle in Miami. Get an upset win. Well, honestly, I don't really care if they win or not at this point because it's better if they lose. But I'm sure some of you optimistic folks still want to see them win, still want to see an upset. Prime time. It would be cool for Will Levis to go in there, upset the Dolphins, get some pub, get some good feelings going. That's all cool too. So I get that. I, I would be in. For that. But with that being said, that is going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland. And this, be back with me on Monday night, was Locked on Titans. 